0: We do have a tendency to be tribal. You'll hear AA people bad mouthing smart recovery or N.A. bad-mouthing, A.A. in that big book, Fundamentalism. Harm reduction, bad-mouthing, abstinence, and vice versa. That's human nature. We can't overcome it. But emotional sobriety is a way that we can sort of take what we learn in the world to, you know, manage our own lives and maybe model that this kind of inclusive behavior, the yes and idea. Look, I'm not fighting the darkness. I'm just shining the light.
1: Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors, Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional
2: Sobriety. How you guys doing? Well, I'm excited. We have a
3: recurring guest on our show, and I'm really excited that Joe is joining we're always We're always very impressed with ourselves if someone will come back a second time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that doesn't that doesn't happen all
4: always.
3: So Nobody'll <laughs> take the invitation. Josie is with us today, and
0: it's really it's great to have you, Joe. How are you doing today? Uh fabulous. Nearly perfect. It's my favorite answer. Oh my god, you're mm-hmm. turning into Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. W- what's her answer? Pra- pra- practically, practically perfect in every, perfect way. In every way. Oh, pr- exactly. Yeah, I-, I like nearly perfect. And if people push me on it, I say I was born nearly perfect and there's been no improvement. <laughs> I like that, Joe. Oh, it's good to have that's you. An,
3: that's an optimistic statement. It is I'm an There's no, no improvement. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is an optimist. <laughs> up in Canada, a lot more optimist, optimistic than we are. Well, they're Canadian. They 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 have more reason to be.
0: <laughs> I, I saw I, a friend of mine from New Jersey showed me her new hat. It was a red ball cap, mm-hmm. and it said in white letters on the top, "Canada's already great." I love it. Love it.
2: <laughs> oh, that's
0: wonderful. We that's- would never talk that way. Um, but uh, but I, I got it. <laughs> you guys are too humble up there.
2: <laughs> How are you today, Patrick? Oh, I'm good. Uh, it, it's been a great
1: weekend. Uh, there's a friend of mine who is a filmmaker who uh, came to my house in the high desert uh, to shoot the majority of this feature film uh, towards the end of last year. And then he came back for pickups uh, this weekend. And so yesterday, you know, we... We rented a, a flatbed truck from Home Depot to do these shots. And uh we were out um kind of getting time lapse photography, uh, you know, uh, out in the desert with the uh with all the uh succulents and whatnot. And uh anyway, it was just it's I love filmmaking and uh I don't have visitors very often out here in person. So it was just a nice opportunity to catch up and do some uh creative uh bullshitting. So it's wow.
3: good. It, it shows in your eyes. You, you're, you're, I, I love to, I, that's one of the things that's really cool. You know, it's like if when people talk about something they truly love, they have a passion for, they just light up. It doesn't. I mean, we, you could be going through the worst thing in the world. I mean, talking to somebody in deep grief. And if, and if somehow we, we segue into a, a subject about something they love as much as Patrick loves that it's like, it's just, it's, it's so good just to see the joy in people's faces.
1: Yeah, and you know, no kidding. Uh, every Sunday when I wake up and I get to do this with you guys, um, that lights me up too because you know this goes right to the core of all the shit that's really important to me. So, thanks for being here with me, guys.
3: Right nice. with you. How are you today, Tom? You, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, uh, yeah. Weather weather's turned to the, to better here, so I've been. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 always outside with my dog Lucas, whether it's hot or not. But it's it's been very nice. Not to, it's been pleasant weather outside, so we've been hanging out. And, uh, and I had, uh, on Friday, I had several of, I have zoom, zoom, zoom clients when I do remote stuff, but I have some clients that are phone clients and, and phone clients, I get to sit out just to get to sit outside, you know, and I, I, I may have told this on here before, but one, one day, DD, was sitting around in the evening and she said, you look sunburned. I go like, yeah, I had three clients today, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Great. That's great. I, I, or my, my dad. I always just use my my dad's uh, uh, my dad's line, which is I, I have no complaints that would hold up in court. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a
2: good day too. I started out. I had we had our garage remodeled. It's like <laughs> it's my my second man cave, right? Wow. And Now I now I get to organize it. I get to put the paint on one shelf, and I get to put paint brushes on another shelf, and the cleaning stuff on another shelf. And I've just been in heaven all morning. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, since, since I have seen the since Patrick and I have seen the before, send me, send us some pictures of the of what it's looking like now, because because it's, it's a big it's a big, wonderful garage. But it's, it was just a garage when we saw it. Yeah, Now, so it's, now, it's, now it's it's a
2: garage with new cabinets in it. Yeah, and got these cool things. I, I forgot what they're called now, but they ha- you hang hooks on them and you can configure them all different kinds of way and hang tools and stuff. I'm just having a. I'm just having a lot of fun designing this garage and laying it out the way I want it. And, and, and look, it's and there, because you know what happens is I go out, I look for something, I can't find it, I buy it. You know, at the hardware store. Right, so right. I've got twenty-five screwdrivers. I've got six hammers. I, mm-hmm. And now I know I have six hammers. I don't mm-hmm. have to go to the garage. I'm, this
3: garage is going to save me money. I just see it in my view. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. and And we, now we've
0: seen the joy in, in Alan's eyes. Yeah. And, yep. it's like, it's and I'll co-sign that bullshit for you. You know, if you need uh, rationalization support, Please. I'm sure it'll <laughs> save you money. Hey,
2: Joe, it'll save me a lot of money. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, it, you know, it's not inexpensive to have them come in and do this. Philadelphia Garage did it. They did a remarkable job. They went above and beyond. But I'll tell you, comparatively so, when I looked at the prices, when I was going to do that to my garage in, in California, half the cost. Yeah. Half yeah. the cost out here on the East Coast. It's yeah. amazing yeah. to me. So I feel like I've got to steal. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so relative, man. I'll tell you, the, that stuff in, in L.A. is so expensive. So twenty five grand to do your garage in L.A. And I got it for almost a third of that. So I'm really excited. So it's great. But look, I'm really excited, too, about today. Always good to see you,
0: Joe. Rock and I know. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, I, I, I love podcasts. I think it's one of the great things about 21st century recovery and wellness. Uh, you know, I'm a big consumer of them. It's just, you can know, listen anytime while you're doing something else or just focus on it completely listen twice well we're getting that yeah.
2: feedback you know people just throw us in the on when they're in their car and they find a show they like they listen to it a few times we had a wonderful guest on last week gina who's uh, uh, an anxiety coach and you know she she talks about that and she has the same experience we do i'm sure you do you know people find a show that's meaningful man they'll listen to it several times
0: I, I remember I was going to podcast camps in the early 2000s, like 2005, 2006, and the only podcasts were about podcasting. <laughs> That's right. I remember
2: a bunch of them came out at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. How to start your own podcast? How to organize your
3: podcast? It's like the guys who write the get rich quick books. Well, how, how do they get rich by writing the get rich quick book? You know, it's like Tom Robbins, the novelist, says they're the only people who get rich from those books.
1: I was going to say something stupid, which is I had the image of the snake swallowing its tail. But um, (laughs) but I I wanted Joe to just explain for our listeners who may not be familiar, like uh, a bit about his show and some of the work you do in recovery just to get it started.
0: Yeah, I've got uh, I do a show called Rebellion Dogs Radio. I got started in podcasting and doing uh, independent music. Uh, in Toronto and in Canada. And then I I, I could just see how this really made sense for sort of recovery community sort of consumption. Like, I I mean, when people arrive at uh, treatment for the first time, how many TED Talks have they seen? How many podcasts have they listened to? It's so easy to lurk, to just sort of be sober curious and check it out a little bit. While we were talking about uh, our days today. I was wondering how someone sober, curious, would be listening. Right? You know, oh, like you know, rock and roll. Wow, you're building a garage, and uh, you you get to sit outside when you're you know uh, in the ball of chain of work. Lucky mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Like 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 I could see myself just because when I was introduced to recovery. Hey, this is recovery. You know, it's peace and quiet. It's calm. I, I was young, and and I just wanted tell me there's going to be adventure. Tell me there's going to be a little bit of danger, a little bit of uh, you know excitement. Uh, um, but I, I crave different things than I did when I was that young person. But 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 it, it's a great way to for people to do their own research about. Uh, Recovery lifestyle. So I, I started one called Rebellion Dogs Publishing because I, uh, I I got a hint earlier we might be talking about uh, a, a book. But uh, when I I published a, a book, I had before that I had this podcast in support of uh, just some of the research I was doing, things that I knew would be interesting to a very small group of nerdy people like uh, um, underrepresented populations in the recovery community, you know, atheists and agnostics or uh, BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color, uh, um, just, you know, where the science meets the art of recovery and how, you know, the, the critics, you know, just you know, love to sort of shit all over. Well, that's not evidence-based equine therapy. Ha, 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 ha. But, but, but when I started, that was true, but there's been so much research on so many things that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, the jury is out and peer-to-peer recovery works. Uh, There's still mystery in it. We don't know exactly why. Uh, you know, there's still um, things to be discovered. How do you end every paper? You people who r- write papers, uh, more uh, research needed mm-hmm. just uh, while you, you're writing your next grant, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. so, so I was really interested in taking those ideas that the academics were writing in and, and, and do it in plain language after the meeting coffee talk. Right, just sort of, so often I had to interview them to just sort of get it down in a plain language uh, and uh, make sure I understood it correctly or as well as I could for a lay person. I've never tried to be an expert because I, I don't think there are any experts, but, but we all have experience. And, and so I wanted to share some of my experience with some, uh, you know, r- research I did in archives, And that wouldn't have sounded very rock and roll to me when I was new (laughs) and uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you
2: know, I wanted to say something about what you were saying earlier about, you know, the sober curious and listening. And when you come in the program, you know, am I going to be mellow? You know, I think the one gift of emotional sobriety is that we now become more alive. Is that's, the way that, that I mean, you hear, hear that, you know, all of us are people living their lives and enjoying yeah. their lives. Doesn't mean it's easy all the time. Doesn't mean that we don't have our moments of doubt and pain and depression, anxiety, all that stuff that happens. But we got some tools now to kind of deal with that, to deal with not kind of, but to deal with that stuff and and, and to really find a way to show up in life that that works for us. And that's the exciting thing about emotional sobriety for me, because I see that happening all the time. And we hear it in the Thursday night meeting that we have people talking about that all the time. But look, I wanted to mention your book, Beyond Belief, right? Agnostics Musings for a 12-Step Life. I mean, this is a wonderful, I've told you at the beginning of the show today, yeah. I've adopted it as my new 24-hour-a-day book. And, and you break it down into a thought for each day, Tell us about this in terms of what your
0: inspiration was to write this. Okay, I I didn't want to write it. I wanted to buy it. I thought (laughs) it must already be there, right? (laughs) I went shopping for a daily reflection book that wasn't a religious devotional. You know, most of them, you know, they have this interesting idea, and then they sort of lose me with the, uh, you know, sort of prayer and describing God and things that just, I go... I, I no longer felt included in the conversation. I thought, you know, uh, I thought this—I'm this isn't doing it for me. And you know, you can you can separate the pepper from the fly shit and and find some good in in all of the readings everywhere. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but but I knew that there must be a growing demand for a secular approach to you know, sort of daily reflection and sort of recovery routine. So I went looking for this book. I couldn't find it. And I complained to my friends and they were very kind and listened to me complain over and over again about how can there not be in the 20th century? What's wrong with people? Mm-hmm. And someone said, uh, challenge me. Okay, Joe, describe the type of person that would have written this book. Would there be someone who maybe is already a writer Maybe someone who's been clean and sober a while. <laughs> someone like you. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I said, well, I can't do it because, and I just started the sentence thinking for sure I'll have an end of the sentence when I get to the middle. Mm-hmm. And I just, you didn't. I stopped. I said, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what I'll try. Mm-hmm. I'll get, cause I had ideas, right. You know, like, and I broke it down. Like it just, for someone who's ADHD, you know, it, like it's just 365 things I've got to keep all organized, you know. So I, I had some quotes I loved. Uh, I had some expressions I'd heard in the rooms that were my favorite. I broke it down to at the time, it's 10 years old now. So I was over 35 years clean and sober. I thought, OK, so what's the 10 best ideas I've heard? Mm. Every year of my recovery. Right. And uh, and so I sort of organized it that way, a little bit about early recovery, a little bit about, you know, just, you know, uh, the uh, existential angst of living and all, all kinds of stuff. And, and I had no idea what the audience was. And I, I, I learned this from my indie artist friends. They, they, didn't, they wrote their music for themselves, right? If, if 100 people liked it or a million people liked it, that, that wasn't going to be their influence. They, they, they're they're going to write the, the record they don't have in their record collection. What's yeah. missing in my record collection? I need a record that does this talks about this with this kind of sound okay that's what I'm going to make and and that is the book I wrote and when I got to 200 I thought I'm never gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out I'm never gonna make it to 365 and when I got to 300 I wish there was 500 days in the year because uh, I mean I I had over 500 not to sort of cut it down to the ones that were cohesive and sort of fit together and Take out some of the ones that seem to be repetitive, and so it was a process of doing something like incorporating, like a lot of your emotional sobriety skills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like creative problem solving, like how am I going to do this with with my limited skill set? Uh, you know, and uh, what am I going to draw upon? So, I, I, like, what do I know? Like, I know music, so that I have quotes from Stoics and. Uh, you know, 12-step literature and, uh, you know, some of the popular, you know, tastemakers today and some of the popular tastemakers through the years. Like the, the old books I've read about transactional analysis. I'm not a professional, but but I love that stuff. And I could totally see how in any AA meeting you can see people getting triggered by these things, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those lenses you can look through. And, and like I, you know, it was... You know, I'm someone called me an autodidact, and I didn't know what that word meant. And it means a self-taught somebody who's, uh, you know, their, their, their degree is in uh, the school of life. (laughs)
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, look at the feedback you've got on this, you really achieved that inclusiveness. I mean, well, at, at first, it was a little bit edgy. It was a little bit reactive to the fact that I felt uh, sometimes discounted in meetings uh, about my lack of a belief in a supernatural force where people would say, I'm praying for you, Joe, ha, 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 or you'll get it eventually. Like somehow uh, having a natural worldview versus a supernatural worldview is an intellectual holdout. It's not, it's just, it's, it's a core belief and it's how you see the world. And are there atheists in foxholes? Yes. They're the ones who are turning fire while you're on your knees praying. Right. You know, so that's awesome. Uh, you know, we're, we're everywhere. And, and I also wanted to give the impression that I'm not a one-off. I'm not a novelty, right? This is a legitimate way of, of finding recovery, keeping recovery and, well, listen,
2: and, listen, I just want to read a couple of, of the endorsements on the back of your book it says, while reading these pages, I did not feel that I had to filter out any ideas that were not acceptable to my own spiritual truths. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's an interesting point about your natural view versus
0: a religious view. That doesn't mean it's not spiritual. Yeah, well, if, if you like to use that word. Yes, yeah. uh, and, and I know what people mean when they use that word for sure. And I and I don't find it offensive or I, I don't find it's trying to control me. Some people do though. Some people find that word it's a bait and switch word, right? Yeah. They yeah. have they're sneaking it in. They're sneaking that yeah. in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the so thing. Exactly. Uh, um, but editors are so helpful, right? You you need to learn to be teachable to be editable. And you'll see two editor names on there. I had one editor who was in recovery and a Sunday school teacher. Another editor that was an absolute uh, black and white atheist. Like what is this spiritual they're talking about? I have no idea. Do they mean feelings? I know what feelings are, but I don't know if I've had a spiritual experience, none that I would recognize. Why are they talking woo woo? right mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it had to go past both of these editors desks to make it into the book. and if it couldn't satisfy both, it got scrapped and re- rewritten or, or or because I don't even know when I'm when my biases are coming through, right Like we all have these uh, biases under uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, under the surface and, and sometimes I'm being passive aggressive. And, and so it really takes that editing process to sort of challenge that. Uh, Ernie Kurtz, who we lost in 2015, but uh, he became a bit of a a mentor uh, in the sort of late stages. Um, He, he didn't like the title because he thought agnostic left him out because he very, he's a, as well as a, a, having a Harvard uh, PhD in history, in American history, he's also a Jesuit, right? You know, so, mm-hmm. so, so he found that there was nothing that sort of attacked his uh, uh, personal views and that, you know, maybe it should be called, uh, you know, something like a, uh, Beyond Belief Contemporary Musings for 12-Step Life. And I uh, and honestly, I was ambivalent. I didn't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to make sure that people who felt like I did, excluded from the party, uh, knew that this book was was for them. Someone who considered themselves a free thinker, an atheist, uh, an agnostic, that this is a book that wasn't the sort of bait and switch of chapter four in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, where, you know, we who were agnostics and once felt like you did, when the reality is you read Pew Research and, and they track people and people change their worldview. They go from one religion to another. They go from no religion to some religion. They go from being a preacher to being an atheist, right you know anybody can change who uh, has a a seeker's mind right tell everybody who Ernie Kurtz is because he's Uh, Ernie Kurtz wrote a couple of books that uh, a lot of people know not God a history of alcoholics anonymous and that book was incredible book right incredible It, it was his doctoral thesis yes uh for American history so he was Probably. talking about Alcoholics Anonymous in the context of when it happened and where it happened and 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 someone uh, probably from Hazelden said, you know Ernie, a lot of people would really like this in book form yeah that's Sid uh, Farrar who did that I know Sid from Hazelden. yeah that
2: said, that's exactly Sid went to Ernie and said look man we've gotta we gotta get this book published this is very and it is I mean he really captures. I think some of the nuances in terms of what was going on that nobody else captured in terms of the process.
0: He was the first person ever to be given unrestricted access to AA archives to read the letters that Bill Wilson had written and had received and, and all of this history. And he didn't like Bill Wilson at first, his politics was different than this guy And uh, he wanted to dislike him, but he described Bill Wilson as someone who could hear what wasn't said in a person's Mm -hmm. letter and respond to that. And like he just developed this heartfelt respect for the guy and uh, um, continued to feel that way uh, till he uh, passed away in 2015. But he went on to write a couple other seminal books for us. Uh, with Catherine Ketchum, who is, she wrote, uh, she co-wrote Under the Influence. I'm sure you read that in the 80s. And then uh, Beyond, um, uh, I think, Beyond the Influence or something. She's co-wrote in a lot of books. But but together with Ernie Kurtz, they wrote The Spirituality of Imperfection. Another great book. Mm-hmm. Don't you wish you'd thought up that title? Like, what a title? Like, mm-hmm. bing, mm-hmm. you know, it's over. 10.0 <laughs> that's a, a great uh, title and then 20 years later they wrote experiencing spirituality a follow-up to that which is also just as good right and those are books that are timeless right they are they got. as Sid told me they've got good legs they're gonna
2: be standing yeah. up for a long time <laughs> yeah right? yeah
0: for sure yeah. like yeah. yeah. yeah, no, and he's he, written what, about he's guilt and
2: shame and some other things your book is is quite complimentary you know, you could tell at first exactly what you were saying. He was looking at it a little skeptically. And then yeah. all of a sudden he saw the value in terms of what you were bringing. So please, if you're out there listening to our show, pick up Joe's book. It's really outstanding. You know, really. in
1: the uh, in the emotional sobriety meetings, I've noticed uh, a couple times because it's maybe it's not it's not specifically designed to be a more secular uh framework but mm-hmm. it does kind of like i think end up on the more secular side of the spectrum oh, yes. and there are some more spiritual um participants who feel underrepresented um mm. because there's not as much god or, or spiritual stuff in the language um and i think you know uh, uh the, re- the recovery that most appeals to me is the one that excludes as few people as possible but then right. again it's a, it's a big tent <laughs> so like mm-hmm. i think that uh maybe you could just speak to that delicate balancing act when working with people and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fairly secular atheist, you know, I, I I respond very uh, positively to, you know, the the kind of things that you were just talking about, but, um, you know, I also love my um, brothers and sisters in the program who, uh, you know, who pray and, you know, they ask Mm -hmm. me to pray. I don't, I don't usually Mm -hmm. do it, but, uh, you know, yeah, what but, do you you think? Know, but you I don't just get want out to, I your just,
0: cell phone and check your messages. Right, you respectfully... right. I,
3: I just want to pile on to the, the question, too, because because I just you know, the thing in, in all of this stuff that, that is, at least I'm thinking of myself personally, is 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 potentially offensive to me is always exclusion, not yeah. not the belief, because we choose beliefs. It's like we can ha- like you said, we can change those beliefs. I had a wonderful friend. Uh, that used to just say belief is a choice. You don't have to prove it beyond re- any kind of reasonable doubt to anybody else. You, you don't have to make it an objective reality. It's a you could choose whatever you want to believe, but it's the ex- exclusion that becomes the problem. And I think that's what, what you're saying, Patrick. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I'm also very curious. I don't know if anyone's read any of the work that uh, Ernest Becker has done. Um, about terror oh. management theory. It's, it's why nations fight against each other. Mm-hmm. It's why religions class with each other. And mm-hmm. it's basically his theory uh, that's been corroborated by people since he's died uh, with this sort of terror management theory stuff. Uh, but it, it's that as human beings, we're the only earthlings that can think about the future and know we're going to die. Like our dog isn't worried about uh, being dead and will they be well remembered? Uh, You know, other animals, as far as we know, they don't think about these things, but humans do. And we have an ego and the um, existential terror of the fact that we are finite and we won't last forever uh, is untenable to our delicate ego. So we create these immortality projects we have children to create a legacy. We start a group to create a legacy. We build a business and a career to build a legacy. We write a song to make a legacy. These are all attempts to avoid the reality that we're going to die and we will be forgotten. Not in the first 10 years, but in the first 10,000, you know, you know, we mm-hmm. will be for completely forgotten about, right? And um And because we have that, we create these constructs like community, religion, nationhood, all that sort of thing. And it helps us uh, overcome that anxiety because it makes us feel we're part of something that will last forever. And that's great until we come up against somebody else who has a completely different worldview, who says, (laughs) you believe uh, blah, blah, blah. That's not how God works. That's silly. Mm hmm and then uh and then eventually they go they do believe that's how god works and they keep talking that way why don't they why won't they i told them it's this way and and then you get angry at them and it, and you know uh, hopefully eventually um uh, some german philosopher said all truth goes through three stages first it's ridiculed then it's violently opposed then it's accepted as uh, obvious.
1: Well, I love the depersonalizing aspect of what Alan teaches, because, um, you know, uh, I I think when I first started recovery and, you know, uh, got some time and was in rehab and uh, initially kind of rebelled against religious language and Mm -hmm. all of the all the stuff that mattered less to me as I went on, because I realized, you know, I, I don't necessarily need to make this thing my DNA in order to draw some energy from it and make my own meaning out of the material.
0: Well, here's a a story of something which happened recently. We do have a tendency to be tribal. You'll hear AA people bad-mouthing smart recovery or N.A., bad-mouthing, A.A. in that big book, Fundamentalism. Harm reduction, bad-mouthing, abstinence, and vice versa. That's human nature. We can't overcome it. But emotional sobriety is a way that we can sort of take what we learn in the world to you know manage our own lives and maybe a model that this kind of inclusive behavior, the yes and idea. Look, I'm not fighting the darkness. I'm just shining the light. Right. I yeah. got no qualms. I, I just, you know, yes. And not either, yeah. or no, it's, it's, it's the inclusion inclusion. That's yeah. and I, I never, thank you, Joe. i never
3: thought about that in terms of what we're, what we're doing with the emotion uh, through the emotional sobriety lens, but that's exactly it. It's like, we're, we're not, we're not pitting ourselves against anybody. Even there's not even an implication of that.
0: That's right. You
3: know, and that, so that's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, Alan, uh-huh. we're doing something right. Yeah, listen, uh-huh. you know I was are you ever leave the thought for today <laughs> the, Joe, ends,
2: Joe ends September 18th by saying, comparing or competing is a, is folly. He goes, I will never be putting apples up against apples. so what's the point? Do I think I am different? I win. I am right and and tied for first place. We are all unique. I can identify with others, but I need not judge myself or others harshly. There it Beautiful.
0: is. That wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you he say that on a podcast, in, when Tom, you read I it. think
2: you I know when people read my yeah, stuff. Yeah, I go, yeah, "Who wrote that?
0: I
3: know. <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ, that guy was pretty smart." <laughs> I don't remember it.
3: <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, it's, there's so many things we've written that are smarter than we are. You know, it's like it's like I don't know what what some part of my brain can do that. I guess yeah.
2: Oh. That's a great segue into into what what one of the things I was hoping we could do today, Joe. When yeah. when you and I were doing those uh, free thinker uh, workshops on emotional sobriety, yeah, you came in one day and blew my mind. You read an excerpt from a Doctor Zeus book that captured the spirit of emotional sobriety, and I wonder if you'd be willing to do
0: that today. Yeah, I, I would be happy to. You know, um, sometimes uh, free thinkers, you know, non theists. Tend to be a little intellectual, right, <laughs> and uh, and pretty bit, proud of themselves a little, a little bit, right, <laughs> and, and sometimes you got to bring it uh, down to earth, right. And, so children's
2: uh, book is a great way to do that, isn't
3: it?
0: Yeah, I- I- exactly. That the the greatest things in in life can be said easily. Um, so this is from uh, Oh, the Places You'll Go by uh, Dr. Zeus. And, uh, and doesn't this just uh, uh, cover what we're talking about? You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact. And remember that life is a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft and never mix up your right foot from your left and you will succeed. Yes, you will. Indeed. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. (laughs) I love it. I love it, man. It really,
2: it really captures a lot of the essence, right? Look, learning to roll with the punches, man, is, is to me such an important part of emotional
0: sobriety and, and, Finding that balance, right? Uh, and and the other thing about m- emotional sobriety is understanding I'm not going to transcend my own humanity, right? I, I'm, I haven't found uh, a panacea that will protect me from grief and suffering and embarrassment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still going to stick my foot in my mouth. I'm still going to hurt the people I love. And I, mm-hmm. I'm still going to uh, underperform at times, right? And 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 it, just living in reality is accepting the limits of my own humanity. Right. I can grow and I can learn and I can improve. It's not an excuse. But the other people I'm dealing with are that way. And if I'm, if I'm easy on myself, if I can give myself a break, I'm not so judgy about you three either. Mm-hmm. Right. And, exactly. and when I'm uh, being super judgy about me, I'm being super judgy about you. And if I'm taking it easy on myself, you know, I, I make space for other people and, and their foibles too.
3: This, this reminds
0: me that I've, I've
3: thought for a while that, that, that there should be a, an alternate to amen, because I always when you say stuff like that, well, amen, but I think f- coming from the 60s and 70s where I grew up, it's, it's like, it's no shit, dude. It's like, we, <laughs> should, we should, I guess what the congregation should be able to say after, after something as wise as what you just said is no shit, dude. I mean, that's perfect. That is just on on point. It's it's so
2: on point. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been now going back through the steps on Thursday night, Joe, and this time we're going through from the lens of how do, how does working the 12 steps impact our self-esteem? Yeah. Our self-concept. And we've spent uh, six shows on um, or six Thursday nights Mm -hmm. on step one. Mm -hmm. And the and the whole gist of that was the importance of self-acceptance. Yeah. And how self-acceptance becomes a prerequisite to any change. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You're not going to change anything until you accept it. And 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 you know, Dr. Nathaniel Brennan has this great line: self-esteem is the refusal, the utter refusal to have an adversarial relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it ties into just exactly what you're saying.
0: Yeah, you're missing your own life. If if I don't accept my life as it is and me as it is, yeah, I'm I'm missing the show. I'm out in the yeah. foyer.
3: Well, and when what you I
0: were saying, you, you, God, right? Can, well, where, where we where we used to live, yeah. It's it's
3: like, but but what you just said uh, prior is 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 such goes right to what Alan you're talking about is is it's the ripple effect of self-acceptance. It's, it's like, it's like, because that's what Joe Joe said very naturally. It's like, I mean, he just, the simplest version of it was as he practiced self-acceptance for himself, the three of us were less judged by him. It's like, and that's, that's, that's where it begins. It's like, we just don't have the need for judging others when, when we have the acceptance for ourselves, what he would have been thinking about us if he didn't have that. (laughs) (laughs) Mike,
0: <laughs> <What would, laughs> not, I'm not even going to ask you, Joe. If, no, if, <laughs> well, I, l- let me just tell you a little story of how I sort of struggled with that this week. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Love to you hear. know, in in the world of, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, 12 step organizations ought never be organized. And, you know, people interpret a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, And people are in positions of trust, they're trustees of the groups, and they feel like they rule them. They feel like they have to vet them. They feel like they have to oversee them. Mm -hmm. And and that's just a mistaken identity, or at least people can do what they want, of course, if it's agreed upon, but it's not how it was laid out for us anyway. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we get problems with, well, that's not AA. Well, you can't have AA without God. That's not AA. Or you can't have AA and read that uh, non-conference approved literature or whatever else. So from time to time, special purpose groups have had troubles with intergroups or, you know, sort of central offices about you know, we're not going to list your meeting anymore because someone said they went to your meeting and you did this and we disapprove, right? Imagine if you will, one alcoholic judging another. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, so uh, my own group was delisted from the Toronto uh, intergroup uh, meeting list. Um, I I knew it was coming up. I went to the meeting. Uh, I thought they would never do it. Like getting sober young people have always put up with my sort of envelope pushing type of stuff. Okay, Joe, right. You know, there's still going to be a seat for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and this was uh, the, the pain I went through of being rejected by AA or feeling like I'd been rejected when the reality was the general service office hadn't rejected us the district hadn't even rejected us we just weren't included in the most recent printing of a of a paper pamphlet which who uses that now that you can look up meetings on the internet right so yeah. you know right. we got our own website and people could find us but anyway i was i was hurt by that and 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 we see this happening again and another group which will be not identified and another inner group, which there's no need to identify because these problems are happening everywhere. So it's ubiquitous, but I was told, you can't read that book. Like let's say they were reading emotional sobriety, right? Uh, And they were reading another book about the 12 steps and, 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 and that's not conference approved. So we're taking you off the list. We're not including you. And when I was told about this, you know, it just brought me back to that sort of, uh, you know, sort of re-traumatizing. That, that, and and I, I, I started crafting a letter to the, their um, intergroup chair. And it was really wise. Like I was quoting Bill and showing them how they were so wrong and how what Bill intended was this. And this is what he said. Like I was, I was preparing for court. Right, mm-hmm. and I was treating yeah, this relationship a brief. with me and this a brief, person I didn't know as a zero-sum game: who's going to win, who's mm-hmm. going to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works in life. That's not how it works in AA. We need to resolve a problem where everybody is satisfied. We need, you know, sort of substantial unanimity. And I just, I backed up from that, and I, and I wrote in the letter. I understand you're going through uh, this uh, little bit of a kerfuffle. I've been through it too. Our inner group went through this. There were a lot of unintended consequences, a lot of hard feelings. It took us a long time to heal. If you want to talk, I can tell you what my experiences were with it. Here's a couple of things I've read from Bill Wilson's uh, uh, Concept 12, Warranty 6, Uh, and something about uh, general service about non-conference approved literature that you might find helpful but but I you know uh, I've been there I'd love to talk if you'd like I didn't hear back but I heard the problem was resolved Mm. right and I don't think I I tilted the scales but Mm. but but I certainly wouldn't have helped by accusing them of being um uh you know uh discriminatory yeah that's
3: bite. right rigid yeah biased yeah yeah wow I tell you as a writer though joe i gotta tell you I, I used to write letters like that all the time and i loved writing letters like that because i just was so fucking mad and yeah. it's like i just looked loved to do that and it was like when i started to get better and i would write i still write the i can still do it today i mean it's like i, I can write the letter it's like Letting it go just as just talk about ego, just as a yeah. writer is hard. It's like, yeah. God, there's some sentences in there that I absolutely love. I've got to, and I'm gonna and I'm going to erase the whole damn thing and write a three three line email to these people instead, yeah. you know, yeah, right. and it's like but it's it's beautiful. But but talk about self-esteem, uh, Alan, but it certainly feeds my self-esteem right. because I've, I realize right. I'm, I'm I'm making the choice to be the better version of
0: myself. And sometimes when we act without thinking on impulse, on our initial gut feeling, sometimes we're right, but, yeah. but sometimes we're, our goal is to help and we're going to make things worse.
3: Well, we can be right. And still that's not the way to, to approach it. That That's yeah. what I've learned. I look back at place t- times where I've taken stance and I've, I mean, I could never hold a job when I was, that's why I've, I've spent forty something years in a room by myself with people coming by to visit for a living, but it's, it's the, yeah. the, uh, I was either, I was either fired or I would, or I would just get pissed off and storm out. But, and I look back at that stuff and it's like, I could have handled every damn one of those things better. You know, I understand that now, but, very seldom do I find that, that I disagree, even at, at my age now, disagree with the premise that, you know, it's like, no, I was mad about something that, that I think I would still be mad about, or I would disagree with something I still disagree about. It's just how I handled it.
0: Yeah. Candor without malice.
3: Yeah, yes. Oh, That's God. It. Malice was magic. Lots yeah. of malice. Yeah. 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 Give me that with extra malice. <laughs> so, look, so a good takeaway today is this
2: emotional sobriety is embracing our humanity and all that we are and um you know it's so interesting you know for, I'm, I'm a gestalt therapist as you know from our other discussions and yeah and you know one of the things fritz pearl said that i've always loved and and that really endeared me to his philosophy was that mental health is a coordination an appropriate balance and coordination of all of what we are all Mm. of what we are of all of what we are i mean i love that when i heard that i said i'm home (laughs) it really was that feeling like my god there's room for me there's room for me it's that inclusiveness you talked about joe and that's what self-acceptance does is we gets us to that place and it's then very hard for me to judge other people that are making mistakes. Because when I accept myself, I see that I am a flawed being too. Right.
4: I, right.
2: I get angry. I do stupid stuff. You know, I tell everybody I'm a lot smarter now that I realize how stupid I am. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, it worked out
0: for me. That's where empathy is just such a... Such oh, a great tool, right? You know, such a great tool, man. Let me put myself in this inner group chairs position. Oh, that's what you did. That's... Someone complaining and yeah. someone defending, and and they didn't invite this conflict upon themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so,
2: here's right. an idea that I want to just throw out, and we'll wrap up yeah. today, Joe. I mean, once again, it's always such a delight to have you here, Joe. Thank you so much for taking the time. But what, what do you guys think about next summer? Why don't we do an emotional sobriety celebration of a couple days, maybe over a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, invite you down to join us here in in Pennsylvania, get Tom down here, Patrick, we'll have a stage, we'll build a stage in my backyard, we'll have some music, we'll have some people sharing, people can bring lawn chairs, we'll have a barbecue out,
0: there's a pool people can jump into,
2: we'll have a good old time.
0: I'm I'm in. I am uh, in right. like gin. All right. So get uh, tune that guitar up. Yeah.
1: Yep. I'll never turn that opportunity down.
2: Yeah. Well let's let's see if we can create a little, you know, uh, a little, you know, conference or whatever it is and, and have people come out for an emotional sobriety celebration.
3: Well, it's not like you haven't created like things like that before, Alan. No, nope.
2: you know, no, we do are, the evolution conference, right? Yeah. You are
3: you you buddy, you are a manifestor. It's it's yeah, it's,
2: let's uh, let's do it, guys. I think we got the thing and and I'd love to, you know, in, in integrate it with music, poetry, and and sharing. Beautiful.
1: Sounds like a plan. And I don't want to let the day pass without mentioning our event with Joe on October 29th, nice. Saturday coming up. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be doing um well, can you describe a little bit, Joe, about like the nature of the event? Yeah, and it,
0: th- this is the International Conference of Secular AA. It um, has been uh, I mean, informally, there's always been a we agnostics panel at the AA World Convention since 1990. But this is, you know, uh, again, like young people's conferences or lawyers in AA or uh, women's conference. This is uh Everybody's welcome, but it's put on by atheists and agnostics in AA. And the first one was in Santa Monica in 2014. And, I was at uh, that one, Joe. I was at that. That was great. Yeah, that was pretty cool, eh? Uh, did cool. you meet Catherine Ketchum there? Yes, I did meet
2: Catherine, and I did a workshop on a emotional sobriety. It was yeah, the first time yeah. I it in that group. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that was such a game changer for so many people. For, for instance, here's a I, I'll quickly tell this story and then get back to uh, what Patrick asked. I was in a meeting where uh, people were just sharing and there was about 50 people in this, this room and someone said, "It's hard. you know, I just bite my tongue because I'm the only atheist in all of Arizona." And then someone said, "Me too." And someone else said, me too, me too. And they all stood up, you know, <laughs> and some of them knew each other. It's just because they were closeted about their worldview. They didn't know. Right. You know, and, and within a year, there were 10 or 12, you know, agnostic, atheist, freethinker type meetings there. It was a, a real game changer. So. So we're doing this year's edition. We were going to be in Washington, D.C. The first one was Santa Monica. We've been to Austin, Texas, Toronto. Uh, Washington got cancelled in 2020 and we're or replaced with virtual. And it, it was going to happen again this year, and we cancelled it again because of uh, this, the current status of COVID. So we're, it's going to be virtual and it's, uh, um, it's free. It's uh, two days on Zoom. Uh, if anyone's interested, aasecular.org for more information. Um, and, and Emotional Sobriety is doing a live podcast. So instead of just you know, for anyone who wanted to be a fly in the room, you can be there. They're going to do this podcast with a Zoom audience and include some time for some feedback. You could just start talking you guys right yeah yeah that's
3: what that's why i'm here it's like it's, it's,
0: i don't have to have anything to say to start talking no <laughs> it's going to be off the hook it's going to be fantastic
3: and thank you for including us in that joe we're, we're all excited about that 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 light in the eye thing i talked about earlier we all have it about about being able to do this and, and i love getting to know you take care, take care you joe
4: tinge your life tinge your myth Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories, bring me stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing entertain me like nobody else. So here's to us, my old friends, until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again. With glass in hand and children on one knee, bring some stories, bring your stories back to me.